0: Games rated E to M. Welcome to Nintendo Power Podcast. In this 50th episode, we talk about our time playing Mario Strikers Battle League, recommend some other fun Nintendo Switch games, and pick future favorites. My name is Chris, and this episode I'm joined by Ruth from Nintendo Treehouse. Hi, Ruth. Hi, Chris. And Jason from the communications team at Nintendo of America. Hi, Jason. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on the show again. Now, we have a game coming out in just a couple of days that I think a lot of people are excited about, and that's Mario Strikers Battle League. And I remember having a lot of fun with Super Mario Strikers on Nintendo GameCube and then Mario Strikers Charged on Wii, but those games came out a long time ago, so I was super excited to have a chance to play the new Mario Strikers Battle League with you both a few days ago, and I've been looking forward to talking to you more about it, so should we just jump right into it? Let's kick it off. Let's do it. Awesome. All right, now, right around the time we got together to play, um, the Mario Strikers Battle League First Kick demo became available in Nintendo eShop, and I think anyone who went through that demo will know that this game has a lot of moves and techniques to learn and master, and Ruth, this ties into something that we talked about while playing, which is that this game is easy to pick up and play, but there's a lot of depth here for people to master over time, so to start with, I'd like to go over the main gameplay elements and share some personal takes on each one of them, and... And Ruth, you've played the game a lot, so it'd be great if you could give us more of an advanced perspective on some of these techniques and maybe even some tips or some things new players should be thinking about. And then Jason, you know, you're still just getting started with the game, so I'd love to hear how things are starting to click for you after a few games and maybe, you know, some of the things that are working for you or that you've started to focus on. So, Ruth, how about we start with you and talk about, let's start with as basic as it gets moving and shooting, you know. um, but that also includes dashing, you know, not just your basic shots, but charged shots, and then the ability to aim a shot. Like, what's what's kind of that all about? How does that all work together, and and how should people kind of approach shooting? I guess.
1: Yeah, thank you, Chris. So it's really uh, the controls of this game are really easy to start off with. So, for example, moving around or even taking a shot, passing. Um, these are some of the soccer elements of the game. There's also tackling. Um, and different variations of tackling, which are the basic uh, moves in this game. So we have the soccer elements and then the battle elements. So for those one-button presses, it's really easy to start and uh, get used to those and start playing. But as you get used to uh, playing and playing more and more, there are a lot of different combinations that you can do with the buttons, and there's a lot of timing-based moves that you can do. Um, I guess some examples of those is you can do a charged tackle, which is a power-up version of a tackle. Um, so you'll have to use, you know, like the timing of your button presses to do a more powerful tackle to charge opponents. Yeah, that's a great point
0: because so many different actions, and we'll talk more about, about them individually in a bit, but so many actions in this game, there's like the standard version of it, and then there's like a charged version of it, and then there's like a, a perfect timed version of it that's even more effective. So it really starts to show you kind of how you can layer in more, you know, um, kind of beginner to expert, you know, skill levels in how you in how you actually perform these actions.
1: Yep. Uh, so I want to talk more about the you know, the timing-based moves. So as I said earlier, there are the uh, timing-based tackles, which you can perform a more powerful tackle by charging up your tackle and releasing your button at the right time to tackle your enemy. There's also a charged up version of the regular shot where you'll press the button, release it at the exact right time to perform a perfectly timed shot. And for shots, you can even aim your shot with the left stick Um, so that adds another layer of like avoiding the defense or avoiding the goalie when you're performing your shot
0: yeah and it really comes down to like a good strategy is when to use the right kind of shot or the right kind of tackle and Jason if you've started playing this game you got a few games under your belt um, it can be tough like if you just take a basic shot uh, you know on goal um, chances are it's going to get pretty easily blocked so What are you finding with some of these moves that Ruth talked about, um, you know, kind of helps you, you know, get into the flow a little bit better and maybe have some early success?
2: Yeah, uh, I want to say one of my favorite things in in games in general is kind of that moment where you do something cool on accident. And there's a lot of that (laughs) in my first couple of (laughs) matches of uh, Mario Strikers Battle League. I, I think there were points where I was passing across the field and then being able to open up the goal a little bit more and getting by boom, boom, um, obviously getting to score feels great, but, uh, having those moments where you things like you mentioned earlier, start to click and stop being accident, uh, and, and you start to kind of really grasp the controls, um, Lob passes are a big one for me. I think the last match i I started to kind of wrap my head around that a little more, and the kind of uh, strategic element they provide as well as uh just manipulating the flow of of the characters on the field um, it's definitely hard to get po- to get by a Bowser in your way, uh, but being able to kind of uh, get characters shuffling around and throwing the goalie off center. Um, That that's probably my favorite uh, thing now that I kind of have a a better view of the game overall. Um, Kind of stepping back even farther and seeing how you can kind of control the uh, players on the field and and what those uh, advantages offer is uh, has been probably the most rewarding as as I'm past my fourth
0: match now or so. (laughs) For sure, and you know as you were describing that scenario of trying to get past a Bowser, it made me think, made me realize that it really, there's a lot that comes down to these one-on-one character matchups. And I was thinking, how would you get past a Bowser? Because he is such a strong character and he has such strong tackles, but he's also a slow character, right? Um, generally speaking, and you can augment things with gear a little bit here or there, and we'll get into that more later. But, but if you've got a fast character or maybe a character with a um, strong technique, then maybe that kind of uh, starts to, you know, let you know how that particular character could get past a Bowser if they're in their way. So um, maybe Ruth, if you could talk a little bit more about some of the things that you're, you're thinking about, um, you know, when you're, when you're in those types of matchups. And then also, even if you're at a disadvantage um, with a little bit of extra skill and some of these techniques, like maybe, um, you know, a dodge or something like that, or, or some, a perfectly timed move, um, you could still uh, manage to uh, overcome a situation even if you're, even if you're at a disadvantage.
1: Yeah. So to talk about the character matchups to start, um, like Jason said earlier, it's, it might be hard to get out around a Bowser just because he's so strong and better at tackling because he has a strong strength attribute. Um, for characters like this, you can go against them by pairing them with a, another strong character. Uh, so um, it might be a little bit more difficult to tackle because strong characters are also more resistant to tackles. You could also uh, get past a uh, Bowser by using, for example, a Toad or a different fast character. And even if it isn't a fast character or a, sh- a character with strong strength, you can use some of the tactics, such as there's dashing. Um, you can also use feints that are really useful to get around characters like this. Yeah, and 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 even if
0: you you say, you know what, I'm the weakest character on the field, but I just feel like I wouldn't really sock it to Bowser. Um, it's not that you can't tackle him, it's just harder. Right? Like if you had a perfectly timed um, charge tackle, you know, or something like, or maybe a, 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 um, a team tackle, which we haven't talked about yet, but where you essentially, you tackle one of your own players to kind of knock them into an opponent. Um, you know, those deal so much more stun damage that you could still kind of, you know, uh, kind of, measure up to a stronger character in those types of situations, just with a little bit of extra strategy and skill, right?
1: Yeah, you're right. So with a regular tackle, if you try to tackle someone like a Bowser with a weaker character, um, Bowser would not get knocked down at all. But if you use a charge tackle and release the button at just the right time to make that into a perfect charge tackle, um, you'll be able to knock down any character and it's the same with a team tackle, uh, where which Chris just explained that you charge tackle into your teammate and eventually hit an opponent. Um, to in the same way, you can knock down any character with any character.
0: Yeah, I love that. I, I love that there's that ability there. And I, you know, I messed around with this a lot um, after we played our, our games together in the, uh, the demo tutorial when it was available, um, just really trying to get that perfect timing down. And it really showed me that there's a lot of room for me to kind of build that muscle memory and learn that timing and skill, almost as if I were practicing in a fighting game or something. And, and I look forward to playing this game online a lot, uh, you know, over a long, long period of time. And I started to see that that hill I'm about to climb, right? Where I know where I'm starting, but I know there's so much room for me to improve. Even if you kind of know what all the buttons do, just really using them to their best. And, you know, Jason, as you've started to play, cause um, you know, I've played a, a couple games with you guys, but you'd played actually before me. So now that you've played even more, are you starting to maybe, you know, perfect any of those techniques or at least starting to kind of pull them off intentionally more often?
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I I think a lot about skill floor and skill ceiling in games, uh, especially uh, competitive-natured games, and and Mario Strikers Battle League is no different. Uh, I think, as you mentioned and and Ruth spoke about, there is definitely a a pretty low skill floor. Uh, It is easy for people to pick up and play, and I found myself having a blast even in my first match uh, while... Uh, Ruth and a, a few other members of the treehouse were kind of uh, doing circles around me and a few of my colleagues from the comms team. Uh, but as I've kind of wrapped my head around it a bit more, um, you know, it's it's not just being able to execute a, a shot on a goal well. Uh, there's a lot more going on. I think we've mentioned uh, kind of the... Uh, ankle-breaking style of <laughs> uh, of arcade uh, gameplay that comes through and being able to kind of outplay uh, your opponent, whether it's a CPU or, or one of your friends. Um, but there's also the... Uh, really high-level tactics like team tackling, like you mentioned, uh, the ability to really stick it to a, a Donkey Kong or a Bowser with, uh, say, a Toad and a Yoshi uh, lining up their their perfect team tackle, um, that's incredibly satisfying. Uh, also, uh, I think we had mentioned the goalie boom-boom. It's always CPU-controlled, um, and, and so there are a few things you can do, and, and Ruth taught me this, that you can influence how... Ah, uh, boom, boom is is ready or not ready to uh, to stop your shots. So, uh, you know, I, crossing the the ball uh, up the field, down the field, uh, or or having a nice charge shot. Those are all uh, ways that you can kind of
0: manipulate that and turn
2: the the uh, tide a little bit more in your favor.
0: Yeah, and you start thinking like you get a few shots blocked by boom, boom at the goal, and you're like, well, what can I do differently to get the ball past him? And, You start thinking about everything at your disposal like you kind of touched on right like you can do a a combo pass um so that you know you're passing it to your your player and kind of actually hitting the shot button before they receive it so they're taking that shot on goal the instant the ball uh, gets to them um then you can also kind of aim right so if you're uh you know aiming toward one side of the goal or the other when you shoot you can try to aim that to which side looks the most open And then then even beyond that, if you were doing a combo shot, for example, if you timed it perfectly, you get that extra little boost. So you start to put together all these things and then you have to take into consideration just the stats of your character who's taking the shot. Like, do they have a very strong kind of natural scoring ability? Um, Is it maybe even being boosted further by some gear? Um, So you really start to see how uh, on a surface level, you're just kind of hitting a button to take a shot. But if you start... um, pulling off some of these more advanced techniques or taking some of these other things into consideration. It starts to become a very deep game, even just taking out that one little piece of it, just the shot on goal. And then speaking of shots on goal, uh, I think people will have seen in trailers and commercials some of the most stunning uh, moments in a game um, from Mario Strikers Battle League is the hyper shots, which is a very stylized kind of shot. So, um, Ruth, do you want to tell us a little bit about that shot and, and how you can actually perform one?
1: Yeah, these are called hyper strikes, and they are the special, unique shot for each each character. Um, and the way you actually perform them is during the game, randomly, an orb called a strike orb can appear within the field, and the team members will run around to get that strike orb. You just have to run into it, and once the team uh, receives the strike orb they'll have a certain amount of time where they're in a hyped-up state. Um, And you can see that because they'll be eliminated on the screen. And during that hyped-up state, state, if they have the ball and can perform a shot by pressing the A button down to charge it, uh, performing a shot and charging it enough, um, they will activate a hyperstrike. And after a hyperstrike is activated, you'll have a timing-based... Button press that so you have to go through. So you'll want to get um, this timing perfectly in the blue zone as the cursor moves across the screen. And if you are able to get the timing right, you can score two points with this hyper strike. And each of the characters has a unique stylistic animation, kind of comic style animation uh, for each shot. And you'll get to see each character's personality really prominent in these shots. Um, but if the timing is not fully right, uh, you might the ball might get blocked by the goalie, boom boom, as Jason said earlier, boom boom might block the ball. And if the ball is does not go into the goal, you'll not get any points at all. So it's either zero or two points, but having these two points is will really change the tables in the game. I love that
0: moment when you're charging up a hyper strike because, like you said, you have to charge it for a little bit, which leaves your player vulnerable, and then you're you're also focusing on getting the timing of that meter swing just perfect. But w- while all that's happening, a defensive player can rush up and and tackle you, and and that kind of brings the whole thing to a to a quick end. So you really have to, uh, you know, find an open teammate, find someone who's got a little bit of space, or maybe um, have your teammates help defend you and and kind of block for you while that's happening. And then, like you said, depending on how perfectly and precisely you nail the timing of that that meter swing, um, once Bo- uh, Boom Boom kind of catches the ball at the net, it, it's this great moment, right, where it's like he's like he's caught a fireball almost, and it's just um, it's slowly pushing him back, and he's struggling to contain it. And what you're waiting to see is whether or not it's ultimately going to bowl him over and the ball's going to go into the net, or if he's actually going to stop it and retain possession of it. So... Uh, it's, a, it's always a cool moment. And, and I like in the, uh, the sense of, of when everyone first sees that, that orb that they can grab to, um, to trigger a, 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 the window of time where they can do a, 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 um, a hyper strike. feels a lot to me like when I'm playing Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and a smash ball appears and suddenly everyone just has to get it. Um, so I think that's a great fun moment in, in, in the game. And then, you know, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but, you know, uh, the gear, you know, plays a huge role. So, Ruth, could you maybe talk a little bit more about about how gear works in the game?
1: Sure. So for gear in this game, each character will have five sets of gear um, for each body part. So there's going to be a gear piece for your head, there's going to be a gear piece for your arms, body, and legs. And these five sets of gear sets each... Change your character's stats in a different way. For example, there's a gear set called Turbo Gear, and the Turbo Head might raise your speed by two, but it's going to decrease your another stat by two as well. So there's no gear that you can just uh, purchase a bunch of and make all of your character's stats high. Instead, it's more of a strategy of, you know, either balancing out your character's stats or making them strong in a, in a certain stat. And you'll want to think about that based on how your characters naturally are. For example, you could raise uh, someone like Rosalina who has a strong shooting stat to have uh, the highest shooting stat Or you could um, use gear in a different way on Rosalina to kind of balance her stats R to make her more of a roundabout character.
0: Yeah. You know, and I think um, when I was playing, I found myself really trying to, uh, or or I guess the way to say it is I appreciated it when I could find a character who was faster and I could really run up the field and kind of avoid certain encounters. So maybe it also, the gear you, you choose really could appeal to your own individual play style. Like if if you know that you're going to play this way normally, what kind of gear can you pick that's going to that's enhance your natural play style? So for me, maybe if I would focus more on speed, um, just because that's the way that I tend to naturally play. Um, Jason, what about you? What, have you used much gear so far? And if so, um, did you notice it having an impact in your play?
2: Yes. Um, I played mostly Wario. Uh, I want to say of the four or five (laughs) matches I've played, I think I chose Wario for all of them but one. And, you know, there are obvious benefits to Wario being a stronger character, being a little harder to uh, muscle around. Um, One of the things I really love about uh, this style of play in Mario Strikers Battle League is uh, it's kind of twofold. So uh, the way I play uh, defense is offensively. I try to be as in-your-face and obnoxious as possible. (laughs) And with Wario, that's not hard because you can kind of belly bump into people or butt bump them to you know launch them into the arena edge, which is electrified, and we'll take them out for a little bit, or just knock them onto the ground. Um, but on the flip side, if I'm playing offense, I play defensive offense where, uh, especially with CPUs, every mistake that happens is someone else's fault, not mine. Um, but <laughs> to get back to gear, I think the... Wonderful thing about it is, is, to Ruth's point earlier, you're able to kind of turn your favorite character into uh, something that fits your play style or can counter your opponent a little more handily than just saying, all right, I'm toad, I'm very small, I'm very fast, and that's it for me. Um, there are ways to kind of help elevate uh, the characters in different ways that uh, aren't you know, necessarily
0: part of their kit to begin with. Definitely. That sounds um, like something I'm going to really enjoy digging into more. I didn't take advantage of it too much in our first few matches as I was learning the ropes, but uh, uh, if for no other reason than lot of the gear looks really cool, I want to find the perfect set for me. <laughs> all right, so before we go, um, one thing we haven't really covered off on is just all the different modes that the scheme has, especially all the different ways you can play online. So, Ruth, would you mind walking us through some of those options?
1: Sure thing. So, we have four major modes in this game. The first one is called Quick Battle Mode, and this is the mode that lets you play individual matches. You can decide what kind of settings you want. For example, for competitive types, you could turn off the items and hyper strikes if you want to do that. You can play with one to eight people on the same system or uh, online or through local wireless. And the second major mode is called quick battle, sorry, uh, cup battle mode and cup battle mode is a tournament mode where you and up to three other people can play together on the same team, uh, on the same system through tournaments against CPU controlled teams. And each of these tournaments are themed based on the sets of gear. So as you go forward in these tournaments, as you advance in uh, the tournaments, the opponent teams will be wearing more and more and more of that certain gear. So for example, as I said uh, earlier, the turbo gear has a very high, uh, raises the speed stats. So when you're going against um, teams in the Turbo Cup, you're gonna wanna think about what kind of gear that your team wants to wear to make sure that you can beat the CPU teams that are gonna get more and more advanced. And then there is a Strikers Club mode. This is a online only mode, uh, which is kind of the reason that this game is called Mario Strikers Battle League. Um, This mode allows you to join Or create a club that will fit up to 20 other players. And you'll be playing in matches, in online matches, against other clubs uh, to represent your club and raise your club's ranking. And the goal of this mode is for your club to become the number one club in the whole world. So there's a lot of uh, bragging rights. There's also some uh, customization options for your clubs stadium which you'll be you'll be taking to every match you're going to so you'll always have your home stadium Um, and the last mode is the gear settings mode so this mode is where you're going to go in and uh, redeem the gear that you want equip it and look at all your characters and kind of think about how you want to assemble your dream team.
0: That's awesome. And, and Jason, I think you mentioned this before, but I'm definitely um, aligned with you and wanting to tackle that tournament mode because uh, I think that'll be a good place to kind of like hone your skills. And it sounds like the kind of the different um, the different kind of approach and focus on different kind of attributes, uh, like Ruth mentioned with the turbo um, gear set in the one tournament would be a great way to kind of um, kind of teach you kind of how to overcome uh, different types of challenges. So almost like a strategic element there in a way, but also just a good way to kind of settle in and and learn the ropes maybe before you go online and and play some uh, club battles and things like that. What do you think?
2: Yeah, definitely. I want to say, uh, personally, uh, after my handful of matches, I I think I played uh, one where I was controlling solo, and so I I had a greater uh, degree of control over the rest of my teammates, uh, so I was able to switch pretty quickly back and forth between the four playable characters versus uh playing on a team you know you you add other humans into the the mix and it becomes a little harder to predict uh unless your teamwork is really strong and so I think something that uh has helped and and I look forward to being able to do uh when I'm playing the game is you know, engaging in that solo play a little bit to get a better idea of some of the advanced mechanics, the advanced techniques, um, and and really being able to play nimbly, uh, you know, getting those crossfield passes and and throwing the goalie off and whatnot. Uh, we, did some previews for the game and watching the Treehouse team uh, totally nail that coordination, uh, and and especially a couple of the experts playing solo, uh, it's quite a sight to behold. So uh, that's that's my uh, big hope is is to kind of uh, get in there, wrap my head around it, and when I feel like I'm really sticking it to the CPUs, uh,
0: go be humbled online. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds me in a way of uh, of you know Mario Kart, uh, where you traditionally um, will play like the uh, or at least I'll go in and just by myself play through the cups, you know, and kind of familiarize myself with the game that way, and then then I'll, I'll get more into the competition aspect of it. But also a couple of things that that Ruth, I think you touched on that uh, that um, I um, I didn't mention before. Items, obviously, items are a huge part of the game. I mean, what kind of competitive Mario themed game uh, would be complete without uh, shells kicking around, invincibility stars, and things like that? So that can really change up the way the the action flows, can it?
1: It really can. Uh, There's a lot of strategy that you can uh, put in with the items, but how they work is that each team has their own uh, pool of items and everyone will, on the same team, will share when and how they'll use the items. So it is really important to, when you're on a team with other people, uh, to kind of communicate and strategize in how you use your items. And Because there are some things that you, like really good timings that you can use your items. For example, when uh, an opponent is coming up to tackle you, you can use a green shell or red shell to uh, knock them down and then perform a shot right then. So it's really important to save the items for the right moment and use them strategically
2: well-timed ba-bomb is devastating.
0: <laughs> it's so fun when you're the one that sent it out, but not so much if you're on the receiving end. Well, there's so much more we can, I mean, I could talk about this game for forever, but is there any anything else we should cover on before we move on? Um,
2: I, I guess my kind of closing thought is the, the thing that I found really endearing um, as someone who has, uh, you know, run the gamut of a a lot of, uh, Mushroom Kingdom and and Mario sports titles, uh, from even back on the, uh, Nintendo 64, I I still find the way that personality of the characters comes through to be far and away the most endearing thing. Um, I mentioned Wario, you know, kind of belly bumping and, uh, (laughs) uh, bumping the competitors, but I, A couple other things that we um, I don't think have touched on is, you know, when you score a goal – Uh, or even get scored on, your character has the potential to react or your team does. And if you are the one who scores, for instance, Wario, uh, he'll just pull out a giant piece, like a chunk of garlic, a big clove of garlic, (laughs) and uh, we'll just chomp that thing whole and and kind of blow into the the camera, which is focused on him. So um, that's just one tease, but uh, it seems like each character has a, a couple of those. Um, but it, it even, it's, you know, it's not even just the, necessarily those uh, focused, authored moments. It's it's how the character uh, carries themselves on the field. Uh, again, going back to the the Wario well, there are moments where, you know, I'm in a breakaway sprint with Wario and I'm not even kicking the ball. He has actually just picked it up and is running down towards the goal to throw it into the goal. So um, <laughs> I think the the... Characterizations uh, are are super endearing, and the um, you know battle league uh, notion is is very real. I think you have to kind of uh, come into the game with
0: with your uh, uh, you know prepared for a fight a little bit. Absolutely, and you know, I think you talked about the, the personality of the characters. The game just overall has a lot of charm to it, and I personally really like how the um, the different kind of uh, fields will kind of get jammed together. So like your team's field and the other team's field, it's kind of split half and half. And it might have half, the the left half of the course, for example, or not course, field, might be like themed around a lava area, like very Bowser-esque. And then the right just might be this happy, you know, uh, Mushroom Kingdom area with, uh, you know, friendly people in the stands. So uh, I love uh, love those, you know, how it's mixed and matched like that. Ruth, any last thoughts?
1: Hmm. I, I... I'd say for uh, people that are starting to play the game um, and, you know, for kind of the, from the competitive aspect and a lot of things that you can do to practice and get better at the game, because that's really what I enjoyed the most about playing this game is that there is a tutorial mode that you can go through um, each of the different kind of moves that you can do in the field, starting from passing all the way to the advanced Know, perfect maneuvers that you can do. So I'd say when I first, um, I'm going to pick up the game, I'm going to go through that tutorial mode again to make sure that I have uh, all of the moves down and then go into the more competitive settings. I just wanted to mention that mode.
0: That's a great point and a great tip. And, and like I said, I went through the tutorial and the, uh, the demo that had been released and that was hugely instructional for me, but I imagine a refresher would be great too, especially as I start to, certain techniques start to become, to become secondhand and I'm, I start to build that muscle memory, uh, then I would need to go kind of remind myself about what that, that next level of, uh, of techniques are so that I can keep building on that. Well, awesome. Those are all great. Thanks so much. Can't wait to play more of this game with you guys and with everyone around the world in just a couple of days here once people get their hands on the game. Uh, Had a lot of fun so far, and I'm sure I'm going to have a lot more fun uh, once the game is actually out there. Now we're going to move on to Player's Pulse. And uh, as usual, recently we asked Nintendo fans on Twitter a few questions just for fun. And first off, we asked, in Mario Strikers Battle League, which gear boost will you focus on the most? So Jason, let me start by asking you personally, which which Um, boost will you focus on now we only had we only offered um three as possible possible options here not the full set of actual categories but we said uh, people could choose either speed for better dribbling or strength which helps them resist tackles or um shooting power for scoring so jason which one of those three do you think you would probably focus on the most
2: i have to say I would probably go with. I've just been naturally gravitating towards uh, the larger players, uh, and so Donkey Kong and, and Waluigi are definitely uh, in my in my sights uh, to to play after launch. But um, I I think something that I was finding with uh, Wario was just being <laughs> outsped by by Toad and Yoshi. So. Uh, Kind of building a speed set uh, around a Wario or, or uh, Donkey Kong could be really interesting.
0: I think that's probably where I'll, where I'll head first. Nice. Well, you know, that was the actual number one vote getter uh, by quite a margin. <laughs> uh, actually, no, it was pretty close. Sh- shooting power was a close second and strength wasn't too far behind, but most people chose speed for better dribbling. We'll see if that holds up uh, once people start playing the game. And then the next question we asked was, which teammate would you rather pass the ball to? Wario, Waluigi, or neither one of them? Ruth, let's say you're out there in the middle of the action. Both Wario and Waluigi look like they might have a shot on goal. Who are you going to? Or are you going to choose option C, whoever that might be?
1: Hmm. I guess between Wario and Waluigi, I would probably choose Wario just because I want to see him Throwing the ball into the goal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. Jason mentioned that. That is pretty funny when you see that. It's another reminder that this is a soccer-like sport, but not soccer. <laughs> um, and the uh, the leading vote getter on this one actually was uh, Waluigi uh, by quite a margin, which I guess um, uh, shouldn't be a surprise. Waluigi has a pretty big fan base online, but uh, but uh, yeah, you know, me personally, I don't know if I'm going to either one of those guys. they're, they're always. I'm a little suspicious. <laughs> But I guess, uh, you know, I guess if they're on my team, I can trust them. And then the final poll that we, uh, we uh, proposed to people was, uh, what's your current goal while playing Nintendo Switch Sports Online? Are you focused more on unlocking items or raising your pro rank? Um, Jason, I'm going to start with you, then go to Ruth. Uh, if you're playing Nintendo Switch Online right now, which one are you focused on more, unlocking items or raising your pro rank? I, I'm a collector through and through, so I
2: gotta I gotta go after the items for sure. The
0: the rank is just
2: a byproduct, and we we don't look at my you know <laughs> my D minus rank. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ruth, what about which do you think is more important, unlocking items or raising that rank?
1: Well, I'm definitely competitive, a very competitive person, so it would be raising my pearl rank.
0: Ah, nice. Luckily, you kind of do both at the same time when you play online. But um, between the two, the overwhelming um, fan vote was for unlocking items, uh, which uh, I guess if I had to pick one of the two, I'd pick that one. But I sure do love to see my pro rank go up, even if it's just a little bit. All right. Well, great. Thanks to everyone who participated in those polls. Now we're going to move into Nintendo Power Game Club. And... Uh, as usual, I asked each of you to recommend a game that you've been enjoying and to tell us just a little bit about it. And the games we're going to be talking about this time are the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe from Crows, 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 Mario Party Superstars from Nintendo, and Towerfall from Matt Makes Games. So, Jason, would you like to start? You know, tell me which game you chose, and I think you might even have a couple of, uh, of, uh, of other games to mention. Um, you know, what the game's like, why you dig it, and who you'd recommend it to. Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I did choose the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, uh, a game I enjoyed, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but a decade ago. Uh, wow. And uh, I believe I I just played it on PC, and it was a really lovely experience. Uh, it's very much a uh, self-aware and kind of open-ended experience that kind of begs you to explore Uh, Alternate options and being subversive to uh, there's kind of a narrator who's telling you as a kind of um, nine to five worker who start, you know, you start out at your computer and the narrator kind of dictates what you do and how you move through your environment. And there's a pretty... A uh, pivotal moment early on where you can kind of listen, continue to listen to the narrator, or you can kind of break. And obviously, the natural, uh, <laughs> the natural uh, step forward for a lot of players is to, you know, go to the go down the right hallway instead of the left hallway, or uh, whatever the choice is. Um, and that that sends you down a whole uh, kind of adventure of choices and and again being subversive or uh, exploring your environment to see what other uh, paths or dialogue you can get um, and ultra deluxe uh, the ultra deluxe uh, edition of the stanley parable recently uh, released and, and and of course came to nintendo switch and so it was a great opportunity to to pick it back up but it, it was surprising to find that it while not being like a full stanley parable 2 uh it Really ramps up the self awareness, its position in the game industry for the last ten years, uh, the narrative, and and uh, just everything it did in the original game, it it does uh, quite a bit more of in this game, and it's very playful. I highly recommend anyone check it out if you are into kind of um, lower stakes experiences, but still something that's going to put a smile on your face. Um, And then really quickly, I did want to also mention another game that came to the Nintendo Switch recently that I had played previously, which is Mini Motorways. Um, Really lovely little puzzle game that I I think if you have some time, uh, you can kind of build your own interstate uh, in, you know, well-known locations, uh, New York, Los Angeles, Beirut. um, And... Each turn, you basically get a small amount of road or freeway or bridges, and so you have to kind of build uh, a strategic <laughs> roadway um, to get cars to their different destinations, and they're different colored, so you have to kind of. Um, link up where where those different colored cars go to the different colored locations and whatnot. But um, yeah, I guess my my theme overall was uh, games that I had played previously that have recently released on Switch that I, I still really enjoy. So definitely check out The Stanley Parable,
0: Ultra Deluxe, and Mini Motorways. Awesome. Sounds like very good recommendations. I haven't played either one of those, so I'm going to try to check those out. And then Ruth, I think you've uh, said you've been playing Mario Party Superstars.
1: Yes, I have been playing Mario Party Superstars. Um, So I guess what Mario Party Superstars is, for those who are not aware, um, this is a Mario game, uh, Mario Party series game, which combines 100 mini-games from past Mario Party games, as well as um, boards from past Nintendo 64 Mario Party games. Um, So it's a compilation of everyone's or my nostalgia basically in um, a Mario Party package. And what I really like about this game is that, well, my first console was a Nintendo 64 and the first game that I played was Mario Party 2. So Mario Party 2 and 3 are in a very special place in my heart and I really like to go in and play Mario Party Superstars and replay the mini games that I used to play back in middle school and there's also um, an online component available to all of the modes so i can go in and play with friends that i don't live next door to anymore um, and really relive that nostalgia
0: that's great i've heard a lot of people who played those classic mario party games on nintendo 64 really talk about exactly what you said the nostalgia of revisiting those games I'm someone who actually, for whatever reason, kind of missed the Mario Party series back when it first started and didn't come to it until, like, it was on later systems. Mm -hmm. So, for me, um, it just felt like a Mario Party Superstars just felt like a brand new uh, game. And I've really, really enjoyed it, Uh, especially seeing how they've enhanced, you know, basically rebuilt all the the, the stages to look, uh, you know, with the modern graphics and things like that. So... Um, that's the that's been my Mario Party game of choice with me and my kids here for the past uh, while since it came out. I've been having a lot of fun with that one. And, and then the game that I want to recommend this time is um, Towerfall. Um, I think uh, you know a certain number of people out there uh, have probably heard about this game. I know it has a, a pretty um, hardcore fan base. It's been around for a while. I've been around on Nintendo Switch for a while. But um, I think a lot of, like, Newer players or players who maybe weren't uh, as as engaged with the Nintendo Switch a few years ago uh, might have missed it. And it's just so fun. It's one that I just bring out. You know, it's like a, a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe or a Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. If I've got a lot of people coming over um, or, or just, you know, just my son and I, we've kind of played this game endlessly. You know, we'll pull that game out and 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 have at it. It's, you know, it's um, it was created, first of all, by the makers of Celeste, uh, which... You know, a lot of people remember as being like a, a real game of the year title a few years ago on Nintendo Switch. You can play up to one to six players um, simultaneously, all kind of on the same screen, and everyone shoots arrows. So you're basically running around the screen, shooting arrows at each other, and you lose the round if you get hit even once. Um, and you have a limited number of arrows. So you can, you, know, you can shoot off a bunch, miss people, try to pick them back up. And, um, and rounds tend to go by very fast, you know, and, and you go through a lot of them to determine the winner of a complete series. And I really like this game because it's just so easy and fun to pick up and get into. Um, and it's a great party game. Um, but there's a lot of depth, too. So you're learning offensive and defensive strategies, you know, positioning. Um, you can actually dash through the air and catch arrows out of midair, which is really badass whenever you're able to pull that off. Um, and then, uh, you know, you've got a wide variety of environments with, you know, different elements and different uh, items to pick up, like bomb arrows and wings to let you flap around the, the, the area. And then it has that pixel art style, which I love. I never get tired of that. Uh, it really appeals to the nostalgic Nintendo fan in me. And, you know, I'd recommend this game to anybody really who enjoys either fighting games or party, game, uh, party games because um, it's just, again, one of those great pick-up-and-play games. It's almost just as fun for a crowd of people to watch as it is for you to play, especially when you get into those really stressful moments. If you if it's a close series of, of rounds and, and you're getting into sudden death and... You know, um, you're trying to, you know, out kind of play mind games with the other player to try to trick them into to walking into your shot. Um, it's just a ton of fun. So definitely anybody who hasn't checked it out before, it, it's out there and it's, it's, a, it's a great indie title. And uh, also this time we went online and asked some fans to recommend uh, some of their favorite games that they've been playing recently. And we got a lot of great responses. And I'm just going to share a, a, a three of them here really quick. Um, first of all, Skylar. Um, picked pac-man museum plus and they said that it's a really fun collection of older games from the series including some that were originally exclusive to the wii system and it's a great way to get you for to get new people rather into the series and experience some of its lesser known games for the first time and i have to say this one really flew under my radar i didn't realize it had just come out uh, recently it includes 14 games for just like 19 so i'm definitely gonna have to uh, pick this one up for myself And then Nick said, um, I never owned a Nintendo 64 as a kid, so I only played it when I went to friends' houses. So I'm finally experiencing The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time for the first time. And all I have to say to that is, you know, wow, I'm super jealous. I wish I could, like, mind-wipe myself and go back and play that game again for the very first time. And, of course, anyone can play it um, in the Nintendo 64 collection of games that comes with a, a Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack membership. So, um, yeah, anybody else out there who may not have played that game before, definitely follow Nick's example and, and give it a look because it's one of, the, one of the greats. And then finally, Leo Unlimited said, uh, I got into Xenoblade Chronicles De- uh, Definitive Edition in preparation for Xenoblade Chronicles 3 this summer. It has a fun and engaging battle system, and the casual mode allows me to enjoy the story at my own pace. And uh, I'm super excited about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 too and revisiting some of the past games in that series before the new game hits on July 29th, sounds like a great idea. I think uh, my saves for every Xenoblade Chronicles game that I have still have a ton of side missions to complete. So there's a lot there for me to go back and and work on. All right, now we're gonna move on to the Warp Zone quiz. And in honor of this actually being the 50th episode of Nintendo Power Podcast, uh, this time the quiz questions will all be about games that were featured in past episodes of the podcast. So longtime listeners might actually have a little advantage here. All right, you guys ready? Ready. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so the question number one the clues are for the final episode of the show each year, we ask players to vote for their favorite game from that year. And last year, the winner of the 2021 Player's Game of the Year was a long awaited 2D side scrolling sequel in a famous Nintendo franchise in which a famous hunter becomes the hunted. Any guesses?
1: I think I have a guess. Let's hear it Metroid Dread.
0: That's exactly right. Metroid (laughs) Dread. Yeah, and we just had uh, two free DLC updates this year or so. Uh, It just keeps getting better. (laughs) I love that game. (laughs) All right, off to a great start. Question two. The clues are, over the years, we've been fortunate to have a lot of great guests on the show uh, from different publishers and developers. And in episode 35 from January of 2021, our guests discussed the latest game in a series of popular multiplayer-focused action RPGs that added a new gameplay mechanic called Wire Action and a canine companion called Palamute to the franchise, and which will receive a huge DLC expansion this month. Can either of you guess the publisher or the game? I'll, I'll do both.
2: Uh, it is All
0: right. <laughs> it is uh, Capcom's Monster Hunter Rise. That's right. Absolutely. And uh, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak DLC comes out on June 30th. Looking forward to that. All right, two for two so far. Question three. The clues are, this Nintendo game was featured uh, the most on the podcast. It actually headlined four different episodes. And on each of those episodes, we focused on a new addition to a lineup that eventually landed at a whopping 82 playable characters for this game. Any guesses as to what this game is? Hmm. Another uh, podcast tie-in here. This game was actually voted as our very first player's game of the year in 2018. And <laughs> any guesses? I got one more clue if, if you need it. I I believe we are uh, we are talking about uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. That is exactly right. <laughs> the next clue was going to be a dead giveaway. I was going to say that the last character that was added was Sora from Kingdom Hearts. So <laughs> that, that, you that, that might it. have
2: sent me down the uh, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts uh, <laughs> uh, spiral. So it's, it's better that we stop
0: there. <laughs> Nice. All right. So those were the main questions. We just have one last bonus question. Uh, And um, this is the audio question. This game was featured in the very first episode of the podcast way back in December of 2017. Can you guess what this game is by this sound effect? I'm going to play it twice. So if you know the answer right away, please hold on until I've played it twice. Here we go. All right, any guesses as to what the sound is from? Now the clue, we were joined that episode by the game's producer, Mr. Aonuma, and its director, Mr. Fujibayashi. And I'll say that this is the sound that plays when you obtain various items in the game, so you hear it a lot. And you know, since the podcast launched the same year as Nintendo Switch, this sound comes from one of the earliest and biggest Nintendo Switch games. Ruth, do you know? I think I'm I'm I'll I'll give another I'll give another
2: clue I'm very familiar with it because of the vast collection of amiibo on my desk from this uh, (laughs) title and series
1: um is it the legend
0: of zelda breath of the wild that is exactly right the legend (laughs) of zelda breath of the wild (laughs) Well done. Great team. Every single question answered correctly. Virtual high five. I would expect nothing less for this 50th anniversary or not so much 50th anniversary, 50th episode of the (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Awesome. So now we're going to move on to game forecast. And before we go, we're just going to take a quick look at some of the Nintendo Switch games that either released recently or are coming soon, starting with... uh, on June 2nd, we had Be- uh, Behind the Frame from Akupara Games and Card Shark from Devolver Digital. Then on June 8th, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic 2, The Sith Lords from Aspire. On June 9th, uh, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, The Hinokami Chronicles from Sega. On June 10th, we've got Mario Strikers Battle League, of course, from Nintendo. On June 21st, Fall Guys, looking forward to that one from Epic Games. Then on June 24th, we have AI, the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative from Spike Chunsoft US, and Fire Emblem Warriors, Three Hopes from Nintendo. On June 23rd, we have Sonic Origins from Sega. On June 25th, Capcom Fighting Collection from Capcom, of course. On June 30th, Cuphead, The Delicious Last Course DLC from Studio MDHR and Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak from Capcom. And then on July 8th, we have Klonoa Fantasy Reverie Series from Bandai Namco. On July 22nd, Live Alive from Nintendo, and then on July 29th, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 from Nintendo. Whew, that's a lot of good stuff. Um, uh, And I'll also say that many of these games are available for pre-order now. So Ruth and Jason, is there anything here that you're especially looking forward to?
1: I'd say maybe Fall Guys.
0: I've heard a lot about that game, and I haven't played it yet, so I'm looking forward to trying this one.
1: Same. I've heard only good things about it, and I've never tried to play it at all so i'm really excited
2: with mario uh, party superstars being your kind of go-to right now uh, you'll be quite in the mood for all the uh,
0: party game shenanigans it has to offer
1: that makes me even more excited
0: <laughs> hey you can never have enough party game shenanigans uh, jason what about you what are you looking forward to from this list you know, I, in my head, I knew how packed the next month, month
2: and a half are. But just hearing you list everything off, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah.
0: But I have to— And that's s- just a sample, right? Uh, yeah, That's not yeah, even that's the full everything. list.
2: Uh, I have to say my my standout, though, is uh, Sonic Origins. Um, I— I was a huge fan of those games growing up and uh, having them all in one package that is uh, wrapped up in the same way that the uh, Sonic Mania game was treated. I, I absolutely adored that, uh, that art style and, and seeing that kind of come to life in a new way, um, but still getting some of, the, like, the deco flavor, and, and uh, it really sent me back to childhood and, and again, seeing the Origins uh, games come together. Uh, and being able to play as any of the characters in any of the games, or, or at least I think Sonic, uh, Knuckles, and Tails in in each of the the main uh, three games. Uh, it's super exciting to me, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Especially, they have a whole bunch of additional uh, scoring and, and trials and things like that that are built in. So I'm uh, definitely looking to... Uh, step up my game a bit when it comes to showing my uh, younger self
0: up. <laughs> yeah, that one definitely looks good. It looks like a real love letter to to those old Sonic games. And um, I'll add on to that um, Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series. Uh, I think the Klonoa platforming games are great. It's been way too long since I played one. They're just full of charm and, and fun platforming type puzzles. You can, you know, grab bad guys and then toss them around. And then um, Cuphead. The delicious last course. I'm, you know, finally I'm going to be able to get my hands on this DLC because that game is just amazing. And then, of course, Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hope's and Xenoblade Chronicles Three are going to be really big titles for me. So, um, and I could, I could make this list, you know, easily twice as long. There's so many games on there that, uh, that I'm definitely interested in. So, like we were saying, pretty good lineup. And that's it for this episode. Ruth and Jason, thanks so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you, Chris. Yeah,
0: thanks for having me again. That's it for the 50th episode of the Nintendo Power Podcast. If you have any comments or questions you'd like us to consider answering on the show, you can email us at nintendopowerpodcast at noa.nintendo.com. Also, we always appreciate it if you can leave a review, and be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they're ready. Thanks for listening, and keep playing with power.